Of a podcast episode 129. I thought we already did 129. So, <laughs> wait, do we play an hour later? What? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. Play it out. thing. Yeah, we're <laughs> back after a couple months off. Eight uh, years we've been gone in a journey in the land of the lost. Yeah. But there was well, T-Rexes. And I was stuff. going through, Will I was going was through there. stuff. There was a lot of stuff going on. <clears throat> so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do the podcast because I don't have the energy for that. Like, Listen, I want to take a nap too sometimes. It was a little hibernation. Uh, so we're going to be we're back until probably November, like the beginning of November, and then we're going to do our Comic-Con again, and then go away. <laughs> so, <clears throat> right now we got a Kickstarter going on for Mittens 2. If you like cats and space and all that other stuff, then you'll like Mittens. Are we um, screen sharing? I'm going to. Um, you wanted me to do it. Um, yeah, doing awesome. That's what's happening. To show you how awesome. Look at that. (laughs) People like cats, and if you don't donate, you hate cats (laughs) and dogs. And there's there's a lot new of uh, new characters in the second one. Um, Like dogs introduced. Yeah, there's a pug named Slugger. He gets introduced. Uh, Commissioner Quackers has more of a role, I guess. Um, and then there's another character that is in actually pretty important to just our universe in general. He is in this issue. So, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> um, and there's a picture that's in issue two. I haven't said this on any other show or anything that I've done. Just our show. <laughs> um, there's a picture that's in like one panel. And that person in the picture is like very, 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 very important to like our comic universe. So nice. Yeah. Is it who I think it is? Do we have a playing card of him that was never printed? That Hector might have designed? No, no, we don't have that yet, though. There's no like. Who's that? Just ringing the doorbell. (laughs) We're back, baby. It's Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I don't think he has. Yes, he. I don't think he has a uh, trade card, but he he's like super important and everything. Is it pizza? Did you get pizza? No, I didn't. In the middle of our podcast, Greg. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the person that like. No, it was a long or something. Nice. Um, yep, it's it's him. Uh, so yeah, um, mittens were almost to three thousand. So probably by the time that this goes live on Wednesday, it will probably be at that. Uh, that's our next stretch goal, and that's our like parody Pokemon trading card set. So we're gonna have like mittens and Slugger and all. Couple other characters like on like our own version of like Pokemon trading cards. Do they have yeah. elemental powers? <clears throat> uh, they have something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
though. It's pretty cool. They got little attacks that I had to come up with, like uh, Cat Scratch. And I was going to call it Cat Scratch, scratch Fever. fever. Yeah, I <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I don't know. That should have been a side effect. It's like after three, uh, every time you ha- do this attack, flip a coin, and if it lands on heads, then uh, applies Cat Scratch Fever. Yeah. Where the guy can't stop scratching himself in the next, um, next 20 minutes. That those cards are going to basically the high tier people. So we have uh, <clears throat> a plushy, and there's only one of those left. And uh, so people are going to that. Yeah. So there's a mittens plushy, and then you get like almost everything else with that. Um, that's $85. Uh, yes, $85. And um, then there's the sketch cover, and that's $125. There's two of those left out of five. So that's pretty crazy. Um, so those people will get those and then i think we're gonna make it as an add-on because it's pretty cheap to make the cards so that's awesome um cheap no pretty inexpensive inexpensive <laughs> and then the they're last not cheap they're high quality we were gonna do uh glow in the dark covers but we're not doing that for this one because i'm trying to like save some money and maybe some of the money that we get i can like use for you know the next one the next well yeah the next one. <laughs> um, we want to get more more mittens. Yeah. Uh, the third one is the last one. So, of this plot arc, uh, there's a lot more after that. Um, and uh, then there's one last stretch goal, and that's the mittens ash can. And it's actually the adventures of mittens, like before he like went away from his little group gang thing that he's part of called Oath of the Litter. If you know Oath of the litter. Yeah. If you know what that is, it's uh, on his trading card. So you can get the <clears throat> trading card on our 90s throwback tier that we unlocked through a stretch goal earlier in the campaign. Um, uh, he actually joined, he has a sidekick cat, and it's actually my cat, Marshall. So, and he's kind of dumb. So he's <laughs> just wrote exactly it. like his cat. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, they uh, are looking for the blueprint for the perfect tuna sandwich. So it kind of is like meta because we gave that away um, in the first campaign with flash drive. So it's kind of like bringing that back. So yeah, without further ado, um, yeah, back mittens, by the way. Uh, if you are watching this, it's the thing scrolling on the bottom of the screen. And that's assuming that we haven't already sold out of our plushies. There's one left. Uh, get it. Yeah, yeah, get the, get the Or I'm going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also going to be in the description on YouTube and whatever. And it'll be every single time I'm sharing the podcast. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so back mittens. It's got, like, 15 days. By 6 o'clock, it'll be 14 days, so. It ends August 20th, which is we're going to be recording another podcast episode. So by the time that comes out, though, it'll be over. Um, cool. So I will intubate our guest. You say right? Elvis. What's up? Going on? Can you guys hear me well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you hear us? Yes, sir. Cool. How are you guys doing this, this afternoon? Good. Doing good. pretty good. I was out of coffee, though, so I'm a little mad about that. There's my cup of coffee. Cheers. You should get yourself 
Powerade. A Buttercat mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have two. We have a latte one and we have a uh, just a regular mug. I actually oh, have them in my kitchen. <clears throat> oh, I, I, wish still had, I wish I still had that promo for that somewhere. Not here, but I can tell. Cool. I'm MIA, so I cannot show it to you. I don't even know where I would have put it. Yeah, mine are in the cabinet in the kitchen. Oh, it's over there. That's why I see it. It's off in the distance, so I can't show it to you. I could go get it, but then I'd have to get it. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to ask a couple questions and stuff. So, uh, so who are you and what do you do? And we'll get into the deep dive. My name is Elvis Cardona, and I'm an artist. I'm hailing from uh, North Carolina, but living in Kentucky right now with my wife and my children. Um, I'm an artist uh, at Dynamite Entertainment as a sketch card artist, and I've done uh, a few other projects for Upper Deck Marvel sketch cards, um, Nova Comics for a Kickstarter print for Chronicles of Horror Volume. Uh, is it Volume One or Volume Two? Is it two, I think, right? Volume Two, yeah. Thanks. I did a print for for that Kickstarter and. Um, Stay-at-home dad for now. I'm currently looking for a job. I just got laid off my job a few weeks ago uh, at a warehouse factory. So I'm currently looking for work right now. Um, yeah, um, I'm an artist, cartoonist, um, Lucky Comics. I did a cover for Crown the Barbarian, um, cover B. And I did a cover for um, uh, Rebel Comics, uh, Mud Issue Number 1 is a Halloween issue. Uh, variant cover. Yeah, I'm mainly a husband and father and artist. Uh, I actually, uh, I was looking through, I was trying to find some bios on you. And uh, first off, you definitely got to get more about you written online. I was like looking through all the stuff. I'm like, what's 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 this guy about? What else? Is, what else don't we know? And then I'm yes. like, oh, there's not a lot going there. But I did find out. That it said you've been drawing since you were nine, and then you yes. had stopped for a while. And yes. I basically wanted to ask, what prompted you to pick up the pencil again and pursue comic artistry? Uh, that's a good question. I did start when I was nine years old, and I would draw just random things. I would draw in school, after school, um, draw at home. <clears throat> and I just stopped for a long time. Um, but reading comic books since I was a kid and just being influenced by the artwork and the artists, the old artists like John Romita Jr. and Sr. and uh, Gene Colan and um, John Buscema. Um, what inspired me to pick up the pencil again was I love drawing. Uh, it's very therapeutic. It uh, very, very, um, it makes the time go by fast once you get sucked in your artwork and you just, you're in the zone and you're just focused and everything else just fades away, so to speak, because you're just so focused on your artwork and, and creating. I love I love creating. Um, uh, recently started my own character named Black Titan. Uh, he's a black superhero. And um, a writer from uh, Lucky Comics uh, wrote a script for me. And I started doing the layout pages, two layout pages. It's an eight page comic book. Um, and I stopped that for a while because I pursued other projects, you know, Dynamite Entertainment and just doing sketch cards and um, doing different creations here and there. 
um, just commissioned. I've done commissions, um, <clears throat> but basically, I just uh, got him. Just wanted to draw again, and I love doing it. So, cool. <laughs> uh, do you have any like? Who are your like biggest artistic influences and like um, inspires your artwork and storytelling? <laughs> I really love the old artwork from like the 60s, 70s, and 80s artwork from the comic book artwork. Uh, John like Romita. the Silver Age? Yeah, the Silver Age. Yeah, Silver Age, like John Romita Sr. Uh, I love his Spider Man. Um, Ross Andrews, Spider Man. Uh, definitely love Gene Colan's artwork on Daredevil and Iron Man. Um, I'm just a, a big fan of the, of the old school artwork. Um, Always the Bronze been. Age. I think I just realized I missed that up. The Bronze Age starts in 1970. Yeah, yeah, the Bronze Age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Age, yeah. <laughs> a lot of my comic collection is from like the 60s, 70s, 80s. I got a few 90s books like Topic for All the Spider-Man. I got a lot of the John Byrne X-Men. Um, I got a lot of the Romita Jr. and Roger Stern run of Spider-Man, like the Hobgoblin. Um I'm just a big fan of the old, like the art, the old school artwork. I'm not much into the new stuff. I mean, some of the new stuff is is pretty good, but I feel like some of the artwork that's coming out now is kind of straight away from the old style of, you know, drawing. What what in particular do you like about the old style? Like like something I've noticed about anime, for example, is that the old anime there was just something about it I couldn't figure it out until I had rewatched. Um, I think it was Cowboy Bebop. And the thing I noticed was their immense detail to background images that you might never even like get close to. Like they, I, there's sometimes where they're going by a city or buildings that they will never go into. They'll never like, you know, go visit or, or they won't even land on that planet. And for whatever reason, immense detail to the background. And to me, I think what they did was by doing that, they built a, like a stronger world around it. But when it comes to like, the comic book space what what from the old comics like what what type of drawing is it like the 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 lightness and the coloring the the uh sharpness of the inking or like if anything maybe the more sharpness now that you don't like like what's the uh what, what are the like details of it that you really liked then and aren't so much a fan of now um well I really like um, the differences for me um, between the old school and the new school artwork. Um, what really draws me in the old school artwork is just the way the they would draw their characters and the movements and the inking. Because I, I love inking con um, my stuff too. Inking um, it was very clean and crisp. The pencil line, the pencil lines were really just clean and crisp and. Um, very, you know, very easily to interpret. Um, and the inking styles of like Joe Sinnott, um, I just, I don't know how to explain it. It's just the artwork from the 80s and the 60s and 70s is just, it's got a lot of, a lot of energy to me. Um, and that's what makes me want to do more artwork and comics and, and just my own, my own, start my own, my own book eventually or, pursue that um the way they would do their layouts and everything and just you can it's for me for me it's easy to follow along with the old school 
uh, way of comic books. Um, like you, like probably their panel flows and things like that as well. Then panel yeah, flows, yeah, the panel flows and like the way they would um, have some of their their characters, you know, break out of the panels and everything was just very detailed. Um, the backgrounds, the buildings, like Spider-Man swinging, you know, through the city of New York, um, especially like Tom McFarlane style. Mm -hmm. Yes, Tom McFarlane style. He was. Uh, Watched a movie, a short documentary of him called "Like Hell I Won't." It's on YouTube. Um, very inspiring. Um, and Todd Spider-Man for me is just he broke away from the old traditional of how to do the you know the character, and he added more webbing to his costume and the the big eyes and webbing almost was like it was alive to me. It would come out of the page, and it was just. His style to me is one of the most, you know, most one of the founding styles of, of comic art work today. Um, sorry, I'm a bit nervous. I've never done first time doing a podcast, well, second time with a podcast, but. Um, oh, you're all good. No, that's cool though, because like the, uh, I, I definitely agree. There's, um, there's some differences in how drawn in some of that artwork would pull you in, and how yeah, some some of the artwork now, uh, it's weird because it actually seems more detailed but more flat like it doesn't yes. feel as like uh you know in depth as as it used to and i feel like it's because th there's just something about the old way that comics were drawn that they didn't have a lot to work with so they did the best with what they can and now it's so easy to do i feel like it's almost like people are trying to make it faster which also makes sense like if one person can pump out 20 comics of okay quality and one person just makes one really good one every right. eight years, right? Like it's not going to, you're not going to be able to compete with the person who's just pumping them out and building a world because I feel like that's, that's the thing. And I think that's why I was mentioning like the old anime that I like it's world building. There's this that beautiful landscapes that we never even have to touch, but I can see them. And right. so it just pulls you in while they're just flying by this building, you know? So yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I noticed on, uh, what is it? Art station. Cause it was one of the few places I could find a bio. I did see, you know, a freelance sketch card artist at, uh, you know, dynamite entertainment. And also, uh, I noticed that you emphasize, you know, your believer in Christ. And I wanted to ask how, how does your faith influence your creative process? Does it, you know, does it adjust like your drawing style or what you choose to draw or how you choose to draw it? Um, you know, how does that impact your, your artwork? So, um, being a believer in Christ, um, I believe that he, um, he gave me this talent to be able to draw because not, not, not everyone can draw. I mean, people can draw, but for me, it's a God given talent to be able to draw and just, you know, from, from little, from, you know, nine years old to now, um, and he, uh, Christ to me is, he's my, he's my savior. He's my, my friend, my brother. Um, and he's, I'm, when I do my artwork, I'm, I'm like working for the Lord to please him, not, you know, people or, or myself just to please him. And I do my bet. Well, I do stay away from, you know, the sexualized artwork and all, cause dynamite has a lot of, you know, red Sonia and Vampirella and, I try to stay away from those kind of things and make my artwork clean and 
you know, kid friendly and um, I just that, that's why I do those that kind of artwork. I have to stay away from the other stuff, the sexualized artwork and there's a lot of it out there. Um, a lot of it out there and I try to stay away from, stay away from those things when I'm drawing. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, just was curious. Uh, how would you describe your like artistic style and how did you develop your unique visual storytelling approach? Um, my style, um, <coughs> I lean to more more like a cartoonish style. I used to uh, try to copy and try to like do stuff like Romita Sr. did and Romita Jr. and um, Jack Kirby is another one. Um, and I just developed my own style. Um, I use a lot of references of things I can't like. Hands for me are really hard to draw. Um, but my visual style and artwork is just, I try to envision what I want in my head on paper. And I just, I just let it flow out my style. It's sometimes it's different from my style can be different, you know, from day to day, depending on what I'm drawing. And, um, as far as comic book art goes, um, I try to use the influences that I grew up reading, uh, Romita, Senior, Junior, um, Gene Colan, um, Herb Trimpe. So I try to visualize what I'm trying to do and interpret that on paper. And I just, you know, get in that creative, not that creative mindset. And uh, half the time I'm just, just zoned in and, um, I try to just make my artwork clean and um, my visual my visual style. Um, I have a lot of influences in my artwork, creativity wise and artwork wise. So that's that's cool. It's funny when you mentioned hands because uh, I had a roommate in college who basically got a huge scholarship just because he was really good at drawing hands, like. He, it's it's one of the most difficult things to draw. That's why a lot of cartoonists draw with four fingers because right. that extra, like for whatever reason, like this extra output of the thumb, it throws it throws artists off. And uh, right. I, I just remember he had, he had this like really cool artwork where uh, it was like a phone, like a smartphone in front of a hand and like the hand was drawn so well. And then where the smartphone was, it was like an X-ray where the inside of the hand was all, uh, uh, what's it called? Robotics. Like it was like yeah. a robot. I can't. So it looks like, yeah, that's a, it is very cool when someone's like exceptionally good at drawing hands, but it is like an interesting, um, like kneecap for most people. Um, right. speaking of which you, you mentioned, um, like, so that's kind of how you shaped your comic book artistry. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you, you work with uh, dynamite entertainment specifically doing sketch cards as well. Yes. What, what makes sketch, uh, sketch card artistry unique? Like what, what's like, do you try to like, you know, draw it the same way you would draw a panel or do you draw it a little different, more like concept art, things like that? Um, it's more of a concept art because it's, of course, working like a panel or, or it's very a very small space and you have to kind of utilize the entire space when you're doing a character or especially a character or a background. Um, again, it's working with a very small space and it took me a long time on how to draw on the sketch card. Uh, when I first did sketch cards for Upper Deck in Marvel, I uh, sent in a few samples to the art director, and um, I must say it's, my, it's I've come a long way doing sketch cards. Um, 
my style doing sketch cards has, has, has changed. Um, but yes, it's working with a very small space and limited space. So you have to utilize it, you know, just try to make the best of utilizing entire space. If you're doing just um, a head, you know, just a head sketch or doing a full character on a sketch card, you have to, like I say, you have to utilize the entire space of that sketch card and just make it work. As they're, they're, it's, they're not really, you know, easy to do sketch cards. Um, do, very, do you actually draw them on the size of a sketch card or do you work with the larger piece and scale it? Cause I know like some, like, you know, storyboarding uh, and like comics, uh, comic panels, some, some people will work on a larger page and then scale it down. Um, but are you drawing like on the actual card size like itself? Yes. Uh, when I did Boglins for dynamite, um, they had all the artists um, on that project do uh, I think it was maybe four, four, maybe five sketches on a sheet of paper. And I had to do mine um, sketch card. I drew it out with a ruler, the, the size of the sketch card and did my sketches, my sketches on the size of the sketch card. And then I went from there and did my actual cards on my drawings on the, on the sketch cards. And I did different ones. Um, I did one boggling with it as a DJ. Uh, one as an airplane pilot, um, a space cadet, one surfing on a surfboard. I mean, but, and to me, drawing a sketch card is, is uh, very unique. A lot of people can't draw on sketch cards. I mean, it took me a long time to learn how to draw on a sketch card because the, the space was so small. And it took me a while to get it right. So. Hmm, that's cool. <laughs> um yeah so since you were like drawing on like a, such a small surface <clears throat> canvas um do you have like trouble trying to be a perfectionist like, how do you yes like I'm, i am a perfectionist i try to get it right every time uh i don't like making mistakes although i do make mistakes drawing i, I hate making mistakes i don't like have to draw it, you know, go back and fix it. I am, that's me, one of my biggest downfalls as an artist being a perfectionist, trying to get it perfect every time. So, yeah, that, that's funny because uh, I, I watched some like, uh, what's it called, like a video about procrastination and, yes. and perfectionism. And it basically, it, it's just a big overlap because. Uh, you know, some people procrastinate by not doing and doing it last second, and some people really procrastinate by trying to seek perfection. When if it's a paid gig, I get it, like trying to get as perfect as you can get. But one of the things that um, the video pointed out was like it's kind of what I mentioned earlier, like releasing a comic every week versus a comic every year. It's right. the idea that uh, if you can get 60% or 65% of your absolute best and then release it. And then you do it again, right? You can probably release, you know, five times more than somebody who gets 95% because like that last remaining percentage is so hard to get. Like, you know, that 85 to 95% is super hard. Like no one ever gets 100% perfect, right? Like, because even even like uh, the best artists are like, ah, like I could always do something different. I could always make this one improvement, right? But like the whole idea was that if you get to 65%, you can get there much faster than you can get to that remaining percentage. And so you can release like rapid fire. And then what happens is <clears throat> your like pie of like how good you can be like the hundred percent gets larger. So eventually that 65% is bigger than the 95%, right? 
right? right. So some people spend forever. Like, cause I, I know that that was one of my biggest things when I, I used to play around a lot with Photoshop, I would spend like days on one image, just trying to make this perfect look. And then I would, I would like, you know, do that a couple of times and then I'd stop doing it for a while. And then I'd try to go back and do it. And I couldn't because I had only worked on one thing and then walked away you know, I didn't keep releasing and make a different one and try something different and learn a different technique from some other technique I was doing. Right. So, yeah, I just think that's uh, that's interesting. Um, got a lot of unfinished projects um, and like comes from procrastination and one get it perfect first time. And honestly, I mean, it's never going to be perfect, especially being an artist, never going to be perfect. Um, there's a video montage called Finish But Not Finish. Um, but not perfect. Um, and I find that video montage very inspiring because you can have a finished product. It may not be perfect, but it's, fin it's a, finished, a finished product. Yeah. And I've got a book on, on how to draw comics um, from different artists. And um, like Ramita Jr. says, you know, the, the key is storytelling. The artwork always almost comes last, but the storytelling always has to come first. If you can tell a story, visual, a visualized, a visual story, visualized, you know, visual story on paper, then the artwork almost comes last. It's about the storytelling. Yeah, hundred so. percent. Um, oh yeah. So uh, yeah, I, like I said, I was scanning all your bios, trying to find stuff. I noticed another one. Uh, you're a big hip hop <laughs> enthusiast, and uh, one thing I wanted to ask was, you know, obviously you've got faith that guides your artistry, but how does how does hip hop or maybe even just music in general, like, you know, shape what you draw? Like, do, do you listen to music while you draw? Do you specifically not listen to music or is there specific music you listen to? Like, you know, how, how does uh, music play a role in your artistry? So I listen to music a lot when I'm drawing a uh, lot. I like a lot of uh, soundtrack music, like ambient, like ambient mu music, this background music, no lyrics or singing, just sometimes this background noise. Um, like atmospheric music. I listen to a lot of um, <clears throat> uh, jazz with like hip hop beats mixed in with it. No lyrics again, just jazz, hip hop. Um, I listen to Christian music as well um, when I'm drawing upbeat Christian music. Um, but I do listen to a lot of music when I'm drawing. If I'm drawing like a Spider Man, I'd listen to Spider Man soundtrack like the movie soundtrack or something like that. I know it sounds kind of, kind of, you know, kiddish, but I do like listening to a lot of soundtracks. I'm drawing, if I'm drawing the flash, I'll listen to a flash album on like the TV series or whatever. Like I drew, uh, I'm working with a cancer organization right now doing sketch covers. And I, I did a flash cover and I listened to the flash movie soundtrack while I was drawing the flash on my cover. And it kind of gives me inspiration because I'm doing a specific character and I like to go in and, and get myself ready and my mindset going and myself pumped up to do this drawing of this character. And I listen to a lot of, like I said, I listen to a lot of soundtracks, um, a lot of hip hop, old school hip hop to give me that, that focus and everything. So, yeah, but music has a big influence in my artwork, a big influence in my artwork. Yeah. Yeah, I listen to music sometimes when I'm like writing, <clears throat> and uh, I do listen to like lyrics and stuff. So sometimes I'm actually like typing, and I type the lyrics down. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> and I'm like, no. 
Yeah, that's definitely, uh, it's interesting because I'm similar in that, like I can't listen to songs with vocal or with vocals in them. Mostly if it's a song that I really like, ironically, like if it's a song that's like, you know, whatever, then I can just have it in the background. But if it's a song I like, it pulls my attention. But yeah, I do, I do like listening to instrumentals. I used to listen to, um, I, I tried doing the classical thing. I couldn't do it. I, it actually made me sleepy. Uh, but the other one I used to listen to was um, uh, instrumental metal music. It's actually surprisingly for, cause I'm, I'm ADHD and what it does is it almost like overwhelms all other distractions. And because there's no words, it just sounds like a white noise to my brain. I'm just like, so I'm working away. And then all of a sudden it's just, you know, just like going like crazy in the background. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I do like listening to uh, instrumentals while working. I think it out the creativity in an artist, writing an artist or drawing, I think it brings out a lot of creativity because like you go, like you said, the lyrics kind of maybe be a distraction, but listening to the music without lyrics and just instruments, you know, guitars, drums, or turntables or beats, or I really think it opens up the creativity flow, especially for me when I'm doing artwork, when I'm creating something. So. Yeah. Yeah, like certain kind of music I actually put on depending on like how I want to write. So like the mood. So if I want it to be kind of depressing, then I'll be listening to some like, depressing music. And be like, oh, this guy's got to be really sad. So I got to be. Uh... <laughs> music has a lot. Music can, is, is a really big. Hi, buddy. Music is a big, big influence. Um, and music to me is just depending. Like I said, it, and music does affect your mood. It can make you sad, happy. Bring It, it can bring back a song from when you were younger you hear this on the radio it brings back this memories of, of things that happened in that certain time in your life and a lot of music I listen to from when I was because I grew up in the 80s so I listen, I listen to a lot of 80s metal or rock 80s um like I like um Boston and I like Toto and nice. <laughs> um Mix, um Annie Lennox I like a lot of 80s I'm a huge 80s music fan and I love 80s music um yeah, music is a, a big influence, um, especially if you're, if you're writing or drawing or creating something. Music helps a lot. helps you helps me focus. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna switch gears a little. Uh, so, like, what kind of advice would you give to artists that don't really like showing their own work, like on social media or whatever? Uh, that's a good question because I'm the same way sometimes. Um, the best advice I can give to artists that are in, in industry and, and starting off and are kind of embarrassed for their artwork on social media, um, to me, eventually it has to be, I mean, that's, that's a hard one because um, if you're creating something you love to do, love drawing, you're just scared to show your artwork, I mean, to me, you have to be... I mean, it, it's going to get critique in any way. I mean, whether it be good or bad critique, it's going to get critique. And it took me a while to, because I, I mean, I remember my artwork used to suck really bad. It, it sucked. Um, I would go back to, man, did I really draw this? Like, this is horrible. And I would post it on Facebook or whatever. And I mean, 
And I was like, man, why did I even post this? Because to me, it wasn't that great, but I got good feedback and I got bad feedback. But when you're creating something, um, it's about getting your name out there and your artwork so people can see and people can, hey, give you advice. Hey, you need to work on this or work on that. Um, you know, but I think it's a, I think it's a good, I think it's a good thing to show your stuff on, 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 on social media because you get a lot of feedback. Um, and you can take that feedback, be negative or positive, and you can turn it into a positive. You can say, well, yeah, I mean, I can go back and tweak that a little bit or, uh, fix this, you know, head or shading or whatever it might be you're, you're doing. And, um, people across the world on Facebook and social media. So you have always this huge audience that's looking at your work and they can say, Hey, this is really great. Or, you know, like I said, work on this or that, but it's just about getting feedback from different people and showing your artwork. Hey, this is what I did. This is what I created. And it doesn't have to be great or, it, you know, it, it can just be something that you draw. And, um, yeah, my advice would just be, post it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and be ready for the feedback and have an open mind to the feedback. And, you know, don't be, Hey, well, like, you know, I don't appreciate that comment because a lot of negative comments can actually boost you to being better and wanting to do better in your artwork and not be so, you know, sore about it. Well, Hey, you know, I don't appreciate that comment. Yeah. but be open to different critiques. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's definitely yeah. solid advice too. Cause like, I feel like a lot of artists, they hold, like you mentioned earlier, the perfectionism, it's like, you don't even have to release finished artwork. Like you could release artwork that you, that you've already like, that you've started, but it hasn't completed yet. And like my, that'd be my biggest suggestion. I, I like the Gary V mindset of document don't create and documentation is the process to which you get to the final result. And so that's a huge thing. You can share it along the way and maybe someone does give you feedback along the way. And, and, and I do love that. Like the negative stuff, I feel like more people need negative stuff to like shape themselves better. Like if, if so, someone says something negative about you and it doesn't, it doesn't affect you, then you're probably already good in that spot. If it does affect yeah. you, you, there's probably something you need to work on. Like uh, right. one, one thing I, I, uh, I thank my aunt for is she took a picture of me at a pool party like years ago and she posted it on Facebook and I didn't know about it until I saw it. And I was like, Oh my God, I am fat as fuck. And I never want to look like that. And I told her that later that after I lost all the weight, that was the photo that inspired me. And she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you feel bad. I'm like, no, I'm glad somebody did. Cause no one was doing it. Right. Like no one was doing it to any degree that made me want to change until I saw that picture. I'm like, oh no, like that, you know, that that's the thing I needed to see. So yeah, absolutely. Negativity can really shape a person. It, it helps you grow as an artist or anything you're doing, if it's writing or drawing or whatever you're doing, if even if it's a nine to five job, if you're not receiving any kind of feedback and if it's negative feedback, you know, hey, well, I don't care, then then you're not you're not growing as an artist, a writer, whatever, you're not growing at all. You're just you're, you're just, you're not moving forward in what you're trying to do. You're just, okay, well, I'm, I'm the shiznit and I'm doing this and I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. And that's really, really a sad and negative way to be, especially people giving you feedback. If it's positive or negative, you just got to roll with the punches and it helps you grow. And if you're not growing and you, if you're not 
growing as an artist and you're not or any writer or anything you're not you're not moving forward you're not going you just you know staying in one spot you're not willing yeah, to take advice and grow from it and move forward and learn from it so yeah i always like the saying if you're not growing you're dying <laughs> <laughs> right that's that's true it's a, it's a true statement <laughs> Um, you mentioned earlier that you were doing some work with Lucky Comics. Uh, it might be on hold at the moment, but um, you know, is there any, is there any other uh, collaborations or upcoming projects uh, you know you want to share with the listeners? Um, like I said, I'm doing a, my own comic book, uh, working on it. Uh, Black Titan, Unsung Hulk, because I've been doing other things. Black Titan um, needs to be one one issue, eight pages. Um, I do have something with uh, a company called Endevil, Endevil Comics. That's a indie publisher. I'm going on Facebook. I'm talking to, um, and I've sent a lot of emails out to different uh, publishers like DC, uh, Marvel, um, Omni Press, uh, IW, and a guy on, on um, LinkedIn said, "Well, um, no response is not a no, It's not a closed door." I mean, those guys are very busy. They've got a lot of editing to do with their artists and writers and books they got coming out every every month or every every two weeks, whatever. So I'm just kind of like, you know, if I get something, you know, I get if not, if not, I don't. But the thing with Lucky Comics was uh, Crown the Barbarian, and then a Six Gun Gorilla magazine that they're working on, and I did a a one page and I did a pinup of six gun gorilla and that's a magazine with different writers and stories and artwork um and talked to the writer and he said it's been a whole couple months because they haven't gotten a story from one of the writers so they're waiting on the story from the writer they can publish the magazine so i'm waiting on that but in the meantime i'm creating what i want to create like my character black titan and i've got a lot of ideas that i want to get out um add to the, the script that he wrote for me um but my my character i think mean, i think it's pretty cool i mean his costume like like the character black titan that i'm working on is a lot of uh like luke cage influences from for him my character um i'm a huge luke cage fan especially the one from like the the 870s and the 60s i, I mean i love luke cage um and his black titan the character um it's he's a hero that um grew up in the streets of los angeles um of course the the cliche of both parents dying uh tragically and um using his powers for good and you know so but yeah, i'm just really want to really want to get my character off and take taking off with him and doing something with him and doing my comic book. So. That's awesome. You said uh, it was, uh, is he like inspired by Luke Cage kind of thing? Or is it like a, uh... this, uh, his, uh, his, uh, uh, powers, like he, uh, of course, super strength. Uh, he's got, uh, impenetrable skin. You can't penetrate his skin or anything like that. He can fly. Um, he wears these two gauntlets on his wrist that can shoot out blasts and his enemies and he protects innocent people or children um um and the environment he's put in is like an act it's a real 
a real environment, drugs, you know, people pushing drugs and sex trafficking and things like that. And um, he's got a really cool background, a story, um, which the writer wrote me a script and I'm going to be working on the other, other, other layouts probably this week. Because like I said, I really want to get him off the ground. And, and I learned that a lot of people that I talked to uh, that helped me out was say, hey, just do your own book. I mean, because a lot of editors want you to do your, you know, we'll see what you, can you do is, can you tell a story? Can you produce, you know, pages, pencil pages, ink pages? And they want to see what you can do as an artist and a visual, uh, visually. And that's where I'm leaning more towards instead of going like Marvel DC or IDW or Image or whoever. Because those guys are established. They've got their artists and a lot of artists that work for these companies, these publishers, they do the artwork, the penciling, inking, the covers. So they've already got their crew, so to speak. And so me as a creator, I like to get my own book out there and say, hey, you know, this is what I can do. And people, I think, will, will flock to that if you can do your own thing instead of doing someone else's characters, which is cool. But to be your own person, own cheerleader, do your own thing, your own creator, I think that's what makes an artist. So. Cool. Uh, we got one last question, and that's uh, where do you, have, what like long-term goals do you have in your whole artistic journey? Long-term goals, um, just keep creating. Um, um do my own book, get it out there, publish it. Um, um, just keep creating. That's what I want to do. Just keep creating my own, my own stuff, my own characters and everything, and just be my own person in the, in the art and in comic industry, make a name for myself, so to speak. Cool. So. Now, uh, where can people find you? ArtStation, uh, Facebook, mainly Facebook. Um, no Instagram. I've got a Twitter page. I can't remember the link on my Twitter page. I've got a LinkedIn page. Um, <clears throat> find me on LinkedIn, ArtStation, Facebook, mainly those three social social platforms. So, awesome. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. Yes, thanks for inviting me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Good having you. You too. That was episode 129.